What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson. And the New York Giants could be making a pretty massive change on their offensive line this offseason. Evan Neal, once thought to be the right tackle of the future for the New York Giants. Well, it doesn't seem to be that line of thinking anymore for the Giants front office, as according to SNY's Connor Hughes, they're reportedly expected to actively look for Evan Neal's replacement this offseason. Now, if you kind of recall during the bye week earlier this past season, Evan Neal was injured. We didn't know he was going to end up on season-ending injured reserve at the time, but Joe Shane was asked about Evan Neal. He said he needs to play better, and moving to guard was not an option for him at the time. He wanted him to remain at offensive tackle, and Evan Neal told reporters that he stepped out of the womb as an offensive tackle and had zero interest in moving to the guard position. Well, now, according to this report, sounds like the Giants are planning to move Evan Neal to guard, which, as you guys know, if you've been listening to the channel for a while, Alex and I have been advocating for that for quite some time. I've been saying I think the key to saving Evan Neal's career is moving him to left guard where he played at Alabama his freshman season and it sounds like that might be a realistic option for him now entering this offseason as the Giants are reportedly expected to actively look for his replacement. So we're going to go ahead and dive into these quotes from Connor Hughes and kind of talk about what this means for the Giants, what it means for Evan Neal, and really what the offseason game plan should be on the offensive line. But before we dive into all that, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode, subscribe to the channel if you are new, read the bell so you don't miss an episode, and comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you're listening to Apple or Spotify, please make sure to Leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, Alex, how are you doing today, my friend? And what is your reaction to this report about Evan Neal potentially being replaced this offseason? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Um, played a lot of poker last night, so on minimal rest, but always have enough energy to talk about Evan Neal and the replacement of him on at right tackle. Because ultimately, as you guys know, and look, Anthony, we've been talking about this for months. This is nothing new to us. If you've been watching Fireside Giants for months, you're probably way ahead of the game. Talking about Evan Neal replacing him options we've already discussed this now it's coming out they're looking to replace him because as logic would suggest you don't go with a terrible option three years in a row um, not to say that Evan Neal can't become good at another position but I sure as hell am not running Evan Neal back at right tackle with the hopes of him becoming a great player out of nowhere however I do think that if you kick him inside and you've suggested this a hundred times he could have a kind of a resurgence in his career we did not do that with Eric Flowers if you guys remember we took him at left tackle, we put him at right tackle, Washington put him at guard, and go figure, he ended up being a good guard. So let's not repeat history, let's do you know the more, the more forward-thinking uh, kind of alternative here, and let's take Evan Neal and put him at left guard or right guard, have him cross-train, because ultimately, look, we all want him to be right tackle, we all, we all want him to be a, a cheap uh, tackle on a rookie contract, but I just don't think that's possible any longer, and I'm not willing to run that risk without a significant amount of competition. At the very least, there needs to be a guy that's good enough to not only beat him, but start at a at least slightly above average level. And Anthony, we know those two guys, and those two guys are Jermaine Illuminor and uh, and one on on Wayne on Waywu on when on on Michael on Wenu. <laughs> my brain this is <laughs> the four hours of sleep are catching up right now um but yeah exactly so you know different kind of teams different schemes here looking at obviously new england um you know versus the las vegas raiders and for what it's worth we know that jermaine illuminor coming from the raiders has worked with bracillo um you know obviously our new offensive line coach so I feel like the the obvious connection is there. We've noted it. Luminor is a very solid, kind of underrated player. Nobody really knows about him, um, at least from a perspective of this is not someone we were looking at a couple months ago. We get Priscilla, and now we're like, okay, 
this is actually a really solid option for us. Probably isn't going to cost a whole ton. Um, maybe a two, three-year deal with an out after the second season. I feel like that's reasonable. You know, what are you thinking in terms of Jermaine Illuminor or any other options that you may uh, feel as, uh, feel as though they could lock down right tackle or at least present substantial competition for Evan Neal? Yeah, in terms of presenting su- substantial competition to Evan Neal, uh, I think that Jermaine Illuminor is a great option because I don't think he's one of those players that you sign him and he's immediately locked into a starting job. He's always been a quality starting offensive tackle, but I'm not sure if he's really going to cash in with a big payday this offseason. I mean, he's had a few good seasons for the Las Vegas Raiders, particularly playing underneath Carmen Brasillo, the new offensive line coach for the New York Giants, but he's not in the same realm as New England Patriots free agent offensive lineman Michael Onwainu, who we just mentioned he's going to be the guy that you sign as a starter immediate starter and an immediate massive upgrade for the right tackle spot so it's up to the Giants whether or not they want to make a splash whether or not they think they can afford to make a splash on a guy like an Onwenu or if they're going to go ahead and bring in competition for Evan Neal a guy who can be at least a competent starter so that would be again your Jermaine Illuminor who has had success under Brissolo and could maybe have even more success continuing to play under him um, with the New York Giants so maybe he does become a very high quality starter with the Giants but that's more of a salary that you're talking about probably five to eight million dollars per season for Onwenu you're probably talking about north of 15 depending on how that offensive tackle market shapes out I mean maybe it could be 12 to 18 but it's in that big time range where you're paying a lot of money for a tackle so that one's going to be a little bit more difficult for the Giants considering right now they have only 14 million dollars in effective salary cap space effective salary cap space is the number that you should really look at Alex I don't know it's kind of a little bit of a tangent here, but for Giants fans who are looking at like over the cap spot rack and you're seeing Giants have $24 million in uh, salary cap space, it's effective salary cap space, which takes into account their rookie draft class. Plus, they need to have 51 players on the roster before any cuts count towards the cap space. So they only have $14 million to spend this offseason. Not a whole lot of money. So if you really do want to go out there and make a splash at right tackle, that's probably all you can do. And then you could probably kiss Xavier McKinney goodbye. So I think that the Giants are more real realistically going to take a look at guys like Jermaine Illuminor, who you just mentioned, Alex, as a quality signing to be a starter, compete with Evan Neal, and only come in at around the salary of five to eight million dollars rather than the twelve to eighteen million dollars that the top of the market is going to get paid. Now another player that you could consider, Jonah Williams. He was a former left tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals. They brought in uh I think Orlando Brown Jr. was their big acquisition, moved Jonah Williams over to right tackle. He requested a trade, really didn't want to play right tackle, started the entire season at right tackle probably had the worst season of his career but it could be that going into this offseason not a lot of teams looking for left tackle work with Jonah Williams maybe he does land another job as a right tackle this offseason with a change of scenery the Giants could be that change of scenery for him I think that he's also a quality player not a great player but a good enough player to give you 17 games at right tackle um, and just be quality and better than Evan Neal because here's the thing with Evan Neal Alex and I hate to just be blunt about it but the Giants need at least quality because what they were getting from Evan Neal was so below average and just so bad that even getting an average player in there is going to look like a Hall of Famer in comparison to Evan Neal. So the Giants need to go ahead and find that Hall of Famer who's just an average run-of-the-mill right tackle that could give you 17 games and not absolutely be a liability in your lineup because that's what Evan Neal was. And I know that's harsh criticism, but it's fair criticism. Go look at the stats. And it's also coming from a place where I've been an Evan Neal, an Evan Neal supporter and believer, and I still am. Uh, I know that I've said I'm out on Evan Neal many times. I've always said that I'm out on Evan Neal at right tackle. 
but I've always been a proponent of moving him into guard because all of his strengths, all of his weaknesses, they align with the guard position. You know, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's been very slow out of his stance, not able to gain enough depth in his kick step and not able to combat against speed rushers on the edge. Okay, so move him into into guard. He doesn't have to get a deeper kick, kick step. He doesn't have to move as laterally and gain depth against speed rushers. He just has to be the big brick wall that he is and hopefully fix his anchor and and get some more power in his upper body. And I think that he has a lot of power in his upper body. Now, is he too big to play guard? I don't really agree with that notion. I don't think that's a fair criticism because he's done it. He played guard at a very high level for Alabama. But again, he played a left guard. And I think that's the key distinction here. There's two reasons why I think it's important for the Giants to try him out at left guard. Uh, actually, probably more than two. But first of all, I think having him play directly next to Evan Neal can be really beneficial. Having an elite left tackle playing next to an average or just a, a new left guard that helps the left guard because they don't have to worry so much about getting beat on their left shoulder. Uh, so I think that's a huge pro. Another pro, I think the Giants have a better chance of landing a solid right guard this offseason. I think Ben Bredesen can be a good right guard for them. And I also think if you look at the free agency class, there's some pretty good right guards. So I don't think that Evan Neal going to the right guard spot makes as much sense. And then again, at left guard, if you really look at Evan Neal's college career at Alabama, and I know Joe Shane is because at the bye week he said what we saw from Alabama we haven't seen so far, but I know we drafted a good player. If you look at what he did at Alabama, the most of the great work that he did in his collegiate career came on the left side of the line. I know the Giants fans... Um, like to bring up that he played right tackle in his college career. He did, but he played a left guard, then a season of right tackle, then a dominant season of left tackle. He's always been more comfortable on the left side of the line, and it usually takes offensive linemen a long time to switch sides. It's a huge, steep learning curve, and so far he hasn't been able to get past it. And I think that moving him back to the left side of the line where he's been most comfortable in his entire football career, not just his NFL career because he hasn't played there yet, but his entire football career, he's been more comfortable on the left side side. So I think that's where the New York Giants need to move him. I think that the offensive line should look something like Andrew Thomas left tackle, Evan Neal left guard, John Michael Schmitz at center, and then you figure it out with two new starters on the right side. Or you can have Ben Bredesen at right guard, and then you got to sign a new right tackle in free agency. But again, as you mentioned, Alex, there's quite a few options for the Giants at right tackle. So that's kind of how I projected this season for Evan Neal and for the Giants offensive line. Now, whether or not he succeeds at left guard remains to be seen, or even right guard if, that, if they do decide to go the other route. But the Giants need to at least try it out. They need to try him at guard because they can't have the Eric Flowers situation that you just mentioned, Alex. They can't have that happen to them again. They can't have a guy who they drafted with a top 10 pick with all this talent in the world just become an absolute bust because they didn't give him enough time to develop and they didn't give him the proper path to development. The proper path to development here would be to recognize right tackle is not the space for him. Left tackle is taken by an elite all-pro player. So now we need to try him at guard before we waste his career in New York. So the New York Giants need to try him out at guard and then just figure out who's going to play right tackle in the future after that. Um, and also the, the draft is an option for them. They can find the right tackle in the draft, whether you're talking first round, second round, or even a middle round. This is a pretty good tackle class as well. So, uh, Alex, what are your thoughts on that? You know, kind of the idea of moving Evan Neal not to right guard, but to left guard and kind of that projected offensive line that I threw out there. That sounds like a much better unit to me. I imagine that that also sounds like a far and away improved version of the Giants offensive line to you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, the, the truth is right now is that if you're Joe Shane and you're Brian Dayball, right, you're thinking to yourself, <clears throat> this may be our last season to save our jobs. And 
the truth is, is the Giants brought in an offensive-minded coach to help make this offense tolerable. Instead, this past season, we had one of the worst offenses in football again. And in 2022, our offense wasn't great. It was okay. We made the postseason. That was an accomplishment. But you got to compound on that. You can't take a step back. And, you know, the truth is the Giants got a little lucky with a really easy schedule. Um, you know, Saquon Barkley played um, all 16 games in 2022. So, like, you got a healthy Saquon Barkley, which is rare um, for a full season. And, like, the truth is is that I, I kind of sit here and ask myself, if our offensive line struggles again, I don't know if Joe Shane and Brian Dable can save themselves from that. You know what I mean? They need to upgrade this line. We are pretty much in a situation where we can guarantee they're going to throw assets and resources to improve a couple of positions. They already signed Andrew Thomas long-term. He's your left tackle. The most important part of that equation is already solved. Have that solution. Left guard, Ben Bredesen's good. I'd like more competition there. Evan Neal can compete with him. Center, John Michael Schmitz, we saw flashes of quality. Had some inconsistencies as a rookie, as you anticipate, but hopefully he learns from his first season and gets better in year two. Um, that's where the coaching comes in. That's where the development comes in. Brasillo, that's where he makes the most impact. Right guard, Mark Lewinsky, see you later, buddy. Enjoy the freaking offseason because you are not going to be on the Giants next year. Not that he's not a good dude. Like the guy, not a great player for us. Save the money. I think we saved like 5 or $6 million by cutting him. It's an easy decision for the Giants, unfortunately, um, for his case. But... Um, at right guard, Evan Neal can work in, work in there. At the same time, I don't see why the Giants shouldn't be thinking to themselves, can we grab a guard in the third round, maybe even the second round if there's someone they really like, to compete with Josh Azudu, who is more of a left guard, left tackle anyway, um, or of a swing tackle kind of guy. Um, you have Marcus McKethan. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and act like Marcus McKethan is the future at right guard. I don't think he is. I think he's a better depth piece than a, than a future starter. Um, with that being said, you know, maybe you want to go sign another, uh, maybe a guy like Kyle Van Roten. You know, maybe, maybe a guy can come and compete, had his best season, coming off his best season. You know, you've mentioned his name before. I'm not a big fan of him. He was horrendous with the Jets. One good season from him does not convince me he's a good player. Um, in fact, it's more of an anomaly than a consistency. So I do feel as though bringing him in to compete is a fine idea, but bringing him in with the idea that he's going to lock down a position as a starter is very optimistic. It's very, <clears throat> it's, it's, a, it's a gamble. But again, the Giants are going to have to take a gamble at some spot. They can't have every position locked down with above average stars. It's not realistic in one offseason. Right tackle is the most important spot here, right? Illuminor has proven his quality with the Raiders. Um, he's a good run blocker. You know, he's a guy that could step in and make an impact. He's going to be head and shoulders above Evan Neal on day one. That's all we're looking for, in my opinion, Anthony. We're looking for a much better player than Evan Neal in week one of 2024. That is what I am kind of focused on. Illuminor can do that. Onwenu obviously has the quality to do that, but he's a better guard. But the Giants are not going to spend, I don't think, on him and Illuminor. So I think we're probably looking at one of those two guys, a draft pick, and develop the talent that we have. Um, that's probably what we're going to see unfold here. Um, but with that being said, as it always does, it comes down to the coaching. We haven't had a coach here that has done a good job developing talent in the better for the better part of a decade, guys. It's been and that's really the, the, the reality of the situation. We've, we've thrown first-round picks after first-round picks. We've thrown money after money. It's, it's, it's a nonstop, you know, just train of allocation of, of, of assets and resources to this group. 
but they consistently rank in the bottom five. So what does that tell you? It is about the coaching most of the time here. It's not about the talent. We know Evan Neal was a great player coming out of out of uh, Alabama. We know some of these guys have quality. Why are they not playing well? That's coaching to me. Um, I, I imagine you probably feel a similar way. I do. I agree with you. I think that the Giants coaching has been very subpar in recent seasons, and it's resulted in a lack of development of their offensive linemen, because I think that players like Josh Azita, who you mentioned, there's no reason that he should have been as bad that, as he was this season. And part of the reason that he was as bad as he was is because he was playing a position that he's never really played, right? The New York Giants suffered a bunch of injuries on their offensive line this season, and they were pretty much playing the next man up. If you can do it, you have to. Uh, but that's not ideal for an offensive lineman who was drafted to play guard has only ever practiced in the NFL at the guard position to shove him in at left tackle was wildly irresponsible in my opinion the Giants should have found somebody else to play left tackle uh, it should not have been Josh Azidu now maybe they were looking at it as Josh Azidu can face tougher competition get better because of that maybe they were looking at it as if he does well here he provides even more value because he can be your backup at multiple positions but in my opinion and reading some of his quotes and some of Marcus McEvans quotes too it sounds like they just killed those guys confidence like they just did not do a good job there um developing those players at those positions so i i just think that the development needs to be better i still think josh azito has talent i still think eventually he could be a starter in this league for the new york giants but moving him in at left tackle was not a wise decision in my opinion um i do want to touch on a player that you mentioned greg van roten i think that he would be the perfect signing for the new york giants this offseason and the reason why is because again 14 million dollars in effective cap space and you're talking about a 33 year old veteran offensive lineman who's had a really shaky career but plays well under Carmen Brissolo so he's going to want to stay under Carmen Brissolo and the Giants are going to want to add familiar faces for Carmen Brissolo and so this 33 year old veteran offensive lineman who's had a lot of struggles in his career you could probably sign him for like two million dollars not eat up a lot of cap space bring him in on a one-year prove-it deal um, and then you know revisit with him next offseason if he even still wants to play because he is getting up there in age but He's quality um, enough to be a starter. Uh, he's not going to be an elite starter, but he's good enough to start. And again, that looks like a Hall of Fame talent to this New York Giants offensive line because we haven't had quality or average starters. We've had well below average starters. So getting in a guy like a Greg Van Roten who can be just average for you uh, would be a really solid signing for that price point. And then on top of that, a guy like a Greg Van Roten doesn't even need to be your projected starter. You bring him in to compete at the starting position, maybe with a rookie or somebody else that you're trying to develop, like a Josh Azito, like a Marcus McKethan. It could be Greg Van Roten as a starter, and then eventually those other guys take over because they've developed along the way you know he can be your bridge offensive lineman and that's the way I see Greg Van Roten and that's why I think that he should be a priority signing for the New York Giants especially because he's going to be such a cheap signing for the New York Giants and then I also heard you mention Alex um, going through the draft and trying to find a starting offensive guard there's a few guards who made a name for themselves this week there's actually two that really stand out uh, one at the Shrine Bowl and one at the Senior Bowl at the Senior Bowl you had Christian Haynes out of UConn who just absolutely dominated the competition and probably solidified himself as a top 60 player in this draft class, meaning the New York Giants picking either 39th or 47th. Christian Haynes could be a top target for them. Maybe in a trade down, maybe they try to extract a little bit of extra value, get down to around that 55 to 75 range, and then draft Christian Haynes. That could be a really solid option for them, but he looked incredible down in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. And then another player, uh, and keep in mind there at the Senior Bowl, 
Shea Tierney, coaching one of the offenses for, for the Senior Bowl. So he got a firsthand look at Christian and Haynes going either against some of the defensive linemen for his team, or I don't know if he was on uh, Shea Tierney's team, but Shea Tierney got a firsthand look. And then the next player over at the Shrine Bowl being coached by Mike Kafka, who was a head coach at the, at the Shrine Bowl, Christian Mahogany out of Boston College, again, Another player who did himself a lot of favors in his draft stock, probably moved from being a top 100 player to a top 75 player, should be a top target for the New York Giants in the first three rounds. He's definitely going to go in those first three rounds, um, and he's one of the best guards in this class, and he looked stellar at the Shrine Bowl in front of Mike Kafka. So those are two options right there if you do want to go the route of the draft. The Giants don't have to fix this offensive line with first-round picks, but in the second round, if you do want to prioritize the offensive line, those two players looked incredible at these bowl games this week, um, and I think that they could be really solid options for the New York Giants. So Christian Haynes out of UConn, Christian Mahogany out of Boston, college but there's a lot of options here for the Giants obviously Evan Neal is going to get moved into guard that seems inevitable that seems necessary as we uh, have both agreed Alex and then finding other players to fill in here whether you're talking about it right guard or right tackle there are a lot of options and I feel like we don't usually say that Alex we talk every offseason about how the Giants need to add players to this offensive line and we're like well there's just not a whole lot of talent out there this year feels like there is. Feels like there should be quite a bit of talent. And we'll see what happens with these Raiders guys, Illuminor, Van Roten. Maybe they re-sign with Las Vegas and they don't hit the open market. But if they do, they're going to be priority guys for the Giants to reconnect with Carmen Brissolo. And then going into the draft, it's a deep class. I know we've said how deep it is at wide receiver at quarterback, but it's a deep at offensive guard. It's deep at offensive tackle. There is a lot of talent in this draft class and just a lot of talent for the taking in this offseason. So it's going to be a crucial offseason for Joe Shane and the New York Giants and we've made that abundantly clear on this channel how important we think this offseason is but fixing this offensive line has to be among the top priorities probably number two to get in a quarterback and fixing Evan Neal should be step one in that process of fixing the offensive line they invested too much into him to just give up on him now they got to move him at guard and hope that that's what helps him figure it out and become a good NFL player but I do still have some hope here and I hope you guys do too and I hope that us breaking it down helped bring some hope to you for Evan Neal's future and the New York Giants plans on the offensive line this offseason and of course we'll continue to update you on anything that's going on with the New York Giants and their offensive lineman search right here on fireside giants so make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode subscribe to the channel if you are new ring the bell so you don't miss an episode comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section if you listen to apple or spotify please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at fireside giants but without further ado we'll catch you all in the next one have a good one and let's go giants